This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Melinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. Sponsored by Granite Transformations. Done in a day. Beautiful for life. Good Saturday evening to you folks. I'm Belinda Skelton, and you're listening to Atlanta Living, only on News Talk WSB. Wasn't that a great Georgia game? Loved it. And that's why my show is on a little different time. Normally it's on 12 to two, uh, 1 to 3, but uh, because of UGA football, we move around a little bit. But I'm with you all the way until 10 o'clock tonight. This first hour, we're going to have a spirited debate about liquors. Did you see the pun that I did? Spirited debate. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Scott Mayer. He is uh, he was the Bacardi portfolio manager, and uh, if you say rum, everybody is going to automatically think Bacardi. Well, we certainly like that about the brand. Um, you know, it's one of the interesting things about Bacardi rum is Bacardi rum really pioneered what modern rum is today. Uh, in 1862, Don Facundo Bacardi Masso created a distinctive process for making rum using things like purposeful maturation and wood charcoal filtration isolating a special yeast strain that made the rum taste a certain way and kind of refined rum before 1862 rum was kind of the the drink of the pirates Mm -hmm. and the drink of the poor and what don facundo was able to do was to make the rum something that would compete with the finer European spirits of cognacs and your your gins and your now uh, uh, we were talking before the show about a hot toddy and this weather is just getting perfect to have a hot toddy and I said I don't think I've had a proper hot toddy because the person served um, a cup full of butter no a hot buttered hot rum, rum yes. hot buttered rum um, a cup full of hot butter with a splash of rum in it and that was that was served to our, our our dear blessed royal before he passed away. And I looked at him and I said, "Don't drink that. I don't think that's right." Well, there's absolutely rum in a hot but uh, sorry butter in a hot buttered rum as well as rum. Um, however, how you use the rum, how you treat the rum, uh, yet generally it's a paste with rum, uh, butter, sugar, and spices. Um, and tends to head toward the fall spices, your cinnamon, your nutmeg, your allspice, your you know your apple pie and mm-hmm. Thanksgiving type of Christmas in a glass. smells in a glass. Um, and the butter kind of gives it a richness. Hot water. It's a nice warm drink. Uh, there's quite a few really good ones going around on menus here in Atlanta right now. Um, and we we talked about Scott that the the days of the pre-made mix are just out the window and hopefully will never be back. I've really not tasted a pre-made mix that that I really liked. So I love the immersion of the mixologist and the creativity and the bringing in the fresh fruits and vegetables and mulling your own spices and things. Well, it's all come out of the, uh, you know, how do we put this? We It's all come out of the slow food movement. It's all come out of making things from scratch, starting over, st- getting away from cans and frozen products and pre-made mixes in general. Um, you know, when my grandmother used to cook, she used to throw cans of things together and make a casserole that usually tasted like a bunch of mush. And right. Now, 
we would never do that. We if we wanted to put spinach in a, in a in food, we would go out and we'd buy f beautiful fresh spinach at the farmers market and put that in. And the same goes for cocktails. Um, and the one thing that I always like to tell people is the margarita is the easiest drink to to really show that off with. Um, a little bit of agave nectar, a little bit of Cointreau or triple sec of some kind, or a high quality triple mm -hmm. sec, some a great tequila and fresh lime. And you have a great drink. It's a great drink. When you go ahead and you start, there's plenty of mixes out on the market. Taste them side by side and you'll never go back. That's how I always And like that version is getting the name of the skinny margarita, so to speak, the healthier version uh, over the mixes who have like 500 calories per cocktail. Well, sure. Uh, sugar's, sugar's a great preservative um, and it's used a lot in canned and bottled products to keep things fresh and keep especially citrus from turning. Um, so one of the things you'll find is that the sugar contents will be much higher than you actually need in real life. Um, skinny is kind of a misnomer in those situations where you're going to get just ah, as much. I'm not going to listen to this part. You're gonna, if you had used a, a sugar syrup or a corn syrup, for that matter, you pretty much get about the same calories as you do with agave nectar. Um, agave nectar, you know, the reason I like to use it in something like a margarita is because it's the same base product that tequila is coming from. So if you're using a sweetener that – I always tend to like to use sugar when I make rum drinks because rum is made from sugar. Right. Um, sugar cane, right? Sugar, well, any sugar – rum can be made from any sugar cane derivative. So it can be made from sugar cane juice, sugar cane syrup, or molasses. Okay. Um, now, I'll tell you what, Scott. I want to take calls. If people sure. have questions, this half hour we're going to talk about the different um, – partnerships but uh, that they have between um, rums and bourbons and scotches and tequilas and vodkas and gins and single malt and double malt and, and what all those mean and then this next half hour we're going to do the really fun part and put those together in cocktails and tell you some recipes that are really festive that you can serve at your holiday functions because I want people to get things ready ahead of time so they're not stressing and their events will be stress-free. So if you want to give us a call, our number is 404-872-0750. That number again is 404-872-0750. Now, Scott, I realized that I had never tried scotch, and I really? had no idea what scotch tasted like. And I know that you have a single malt and a double malt, and I don't know what the difference in that is. Well, well double malt is... Not exactly the term for it. What we call it is a blended malt. So there are two different kinds of, of scotch that are out there. For those, There's three and four if you want to get really technical, but the ones you're going to see the most, what we call single malt scotches, which are made from 100% malted barley, water, yeast, and then aged. They're distilled and then aged. Okay. Usually in used barrels. So the, the longer they're aged, the better this product is going to be? That's a bit of a misnomer as well, where age ne doesn't necessarily add quality. Um, in fact, especially when you get into rums and bourbons, I tend to like things a little bit on the younger side. As things age, the tannins from the wood tend to get rather acidic mm -hmm. and kind of tannic, almost like when you overbrew tea. Right, a little bitterness. A little bit of bitterness, absolutely. And it's one of those things that I'm not necessarily fond of in a spirit, but that's my own personal preference. Some people love 30-year scotches, but I encourage people to look at things that are more in that 12 to 25-year range where you're going to get a little bit more 
of the natural flavors from the spirit, and the wood hasn't completely overtaken the flavors in the in the whiskey. Okay, this is this is the holiday season, and one of the uh, top gifts that people give and get this time of year is a good bottle of whiskey or spirits. So on the Scotch front. What would be a bottle of scotch that would be a very nice gift to give your boss, a, a client? Well, I, I brought probably one of my favorite blended scotches. Uh, you know, this is a misnomer that, I've, that I'm really trying to show people the differences right now. Is There's a misconception that, do, that a blended scotch is inferior to a single malt scotch. Now, if you taste both of them side by side you realize that you can get a lot more late when you're blending different scotches from different parts of Scotland with different characteristics together. You can get a much more layered and nuanced flavor than you can making one batch, one malt and using just that single. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll actually pour you uh, two side by side. Um, And the reason I brought these two today are, the first one I'm going to taste is a, we're going to taste is a single malt. This is a 12 okay. year single malt from Aberfeldy. Aberfeldy is the base malt of Dewar's. Uh, so you kind of get the idea. I mean, most people have tasted Dewar's. White yeah, label. absolutely. That's that's a it's, label that you recognize. It's actually the number one selling Scotch in the U.S. currently. And then I have the Dewar's 18 year, which is cut a little bit more of a refined product, a little bit more interesting. Uh, when you get into the higher marks of doers, they do what they call a double aging process. Mm-hmm. So what what they do is they, they barrel, they distill, they barrel, they age, then they blend the scotches together, they re-barrel it for six to nine months, and then bottle it. Okay. So it gives the, the flavors kind of a time to marry and come together, even like down to a molecular level. And I've actually seen slides and we could talk science. So how do you drink scotch? Is it on the rocks? Is it with water? Is it with Sprite? What do you, what's the most common way to drink scotch? I I love the flavors of whiskey, so I don't particularly tend to throw a whole lot of flavoring, flavored mixers in there, but Uh I, but I will drink a tall, a whiskey tall with a little bit of club soda, or I will drink it with a splash of water or neat or on the rocks. It's really about our personal preference. Neat means nothing. Neat means nothing, absolutely. Okay, and on the rocks, of course, is on the rocks. But uh, they have special um, ice cubes now that are much bigger, so you have more service area and less melt, and it doesn't water down your drink. Right. Well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with watering down your drink just a bit. In fact, in Scotland, when you do the tastings, they tend to tell you to add a couple of milliliters of water to the scotch that you're tasting. Uh it, what it does is it actually, the water, when it hits the spirit, kind of diffuses the flavors and the aromas, and you actually will taste and smell more at a lower proof. Okay. Where both of these whiskeys that I'm putting in front of you right now are about 40% alcohol. Uh, this is the Aberfeldy 21 single malt. Okay. Or 12 single malt, excuse me. Tw- so it's a 12-year. 12 12-year. Oh, that's nice. It's got a real burn on the front. Should finish kind of smooth. Yes, it finishes very of, smooth. A little bit of honey, a uh, little bit of little bit of floral, little bit floral. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I can smell the floralness. Oh, that's that was delicious. Now this is my go-to. This is my my drinking scotch. Uh, this is Dewar's eighteen year. Uh, for me, it's a lot of toffee. Okay, let's it's see. Almost almost velvety on the palate. Also, kind of a little bit that you're going to get that whiskey burn as well. I, I got more of a burn on the front. But very smooth. 
Very smooth well, after. An important thing while tasting spirits is to actually there's a there's a method to the madness is, is the way I like to put it. When you taste a spirit, you're gonna want to put it in your mouth, switch it around just a little bit, swallow and take a nice big exhale. Then taste it again. You'll actually get more flavors out of both of them. Also, long exhale. It'll kind of. Now, if I had to pick, burn. I would tell you I like the twelve year. You do. You would. I would like the single malt because of the because of the alcohol burn because of the ethanol on the. Front I think end. so. I think so. I think that. So tell me a, a brand or two that would folks can write down and take the information with them. That would be a great gift. And what price range it's in? Well. Your Doers 18 is going to run somewhere between $75 and $90. Um, very nice. Comes in a great package. Great, great box. Because, you know, it's all the way what the bottle looks like right, to me and, and the packaging. I mean, if you want to get uh, from as far as Doers goes, if you want to get really it, into it, we have a 21-year Aberfeldy, which is the next markup from the 12-year that right. we're tasting now. It comes in a pretty interesting orange and black box. It's velvet lined. It's real pretty. Oh, that'd be nice uh, for a gift. And then Doers, we have what's called the Doer Signature, which comes in a wood lacquered box. Uh, runs around the $200 mark here in Atlanta. Um, and really just a refined, beautiful, beautiful spirit. Well, a we are special talking. Occasion. In fact, I just got it for one of my oldest friends for his wedding. That was his See, wedding gift. See, if you bought it, that's the seal of approval. We're going to take a break, folks, and we'll be right back after this. Now more of Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. And welcome back, folks. I'm your host, Belinda Skelton. You're listening to Atlanta Living only on News Talk WSB. This is a perfect time to make a cocktail, and we are here telling you about your spirits. And we we just went over double malt, single malt, um, some rum. But what about the tequilas and the gins and the what have you? We have Scott Meyer. He is the Bacardi Portfolio Manager, and he knows everything there is to know about spirits. I wouldn't quite go that far. I'm going that far. You're wearing okay. a bow tie. You look like the professor of spirits. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so what about what about gin? So you want to talk about gin? Um, well, gin is a redistilled product. Um, you know, one of the, a lot of bartenders' favorite joke is they say, "What's your favorite flavor of vodka?" And their answer is usually gin. <laughs> um, now, you know, now vodka is what we in the industry we call. An NGS or a neutral grain spirit most of the time, or neutral spirit or NS, just a neutral spirit. Um, and then botanicals are added to the neutral spirit, and re- the neutral spirit is redistilled, which gives you all the flavors that they add to gin. Uh, the only in the EU, you the predominant flavor must be juniper, and okay. it must be made from a grain. And the higher quality marks must be made from a grain whiskey, uh, or from a grain NGS. Um, Pardon me. Today we brought in a pretty interesting gin. Uh, it's called Oxley. Never heard of it. Well, it's fairly new to the market. Okay, uh, I, I normally drink Hendrix. Hendrix is an interesting gin. It's got a lot of interesting flavors that are not necessarily traditional when it right, comes to gin. You're right, because you, you put a, a cucumber in there instead of lime. Well, there's cucumber and rose are the two additional flavors there that they're adding to, that are the non-traditional flavors they're adding to that mm-hmm. gin, which give it a very approachable kind of soft flavor. Um, this is also fairly approachable and soft. Uh, this Oxley gin, it's the only gin actually distilled at lower than the boiling point. So this would be distilled at minus 5 degrees Celsius. And that that's a benefit. Why? Well, 
first of all, it's never been done before in any spirit to be able to do something at, at minus five degrees because technically you have to boil a spirit in order to distill it. Um, what the geniuses at Oxley created was something where they could actually use pressure to boil liquid at lower than the freezing point. Wow. So what happens is you, you don't cook these botanicals. When you're making gin in the traditional stamp, in the traditional way, you have all these botanicals cooking inside of the still, releasing oils in a different way. When you are doing something at a lower temperature, you know, at low temperatures, you're not cooking them. So you, the, the gin's going to show up to be a lot more fresh and a lot, cl a lot more clean. Okay. You're still going to get all those flavors you expect in a gin. You know, and there are those people that hate gin because they hate that they feel like they're chewing on a pine cone, but really good gin doesn't doesn't have that well, flavor. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that juniper is one of those flavors that, in the hands of some of a talented, see this just smells fresh to me. Well, I mean that's really what they were going for. Not like Mister Clean. It's done in incredibly small batches, um, and you're going to pay a premium for it. Oh, that is so good. What does that sell for a bottle? Over forty dollars a bottle retail. Okay, and the name of it again? Oxley. Oxley. And oh, that's a, delicious. And it's a beautiful package, as you can see. It. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, bottom. see, that would be a great gift. Beautiful gift. Uh, also, in the hands of a good mixologist, it's something that really can be manipulated and made into some great cocktails. And speaking of mixologists, we are coming back and we're going to tell you how to use all these different spirits in your favorite cocktails. Stay tuned. You're listening to News Talk WSB. And a good Saturday night to you. Welcome back to the show. I'm Belinda Skelton. This is Atlanta Living, only on News Talk WSB, where we talk about food, family, and fun, and tonight, spirits. And we have Scott Mayer. He's the Bacardi Portfolio Manager, which means he knows all about things with alcohol. I'm giving you that title. Uh, okay, I'll take it. Okay, good. <laughs> now, we've been talking about scotch, single malt, double malt, gin, but... We haven't talked about tequila. Okay, well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned tequila because it is my one You're of my very one of my very favorite spirits. Rum and tequila are kind of always been my go-to drinks. Um, tequila, just to quick quickly, it's made from the agave plant, which is a succulent. Uh, a lot of people have them in their backyards or in potted plants. They're you know in the cactus family, so they don't need a whole lot of water or care. So if you're not really a green thumb That's kind, my of kind of person, plant. yeah. Mine as well. I've, I'm horrible at killing. I'm very good at killing plants, to be quite honest with you. Um, and tequila is one of those things where, you know, we were talking off the air, and you had said that your that the tequila we had just tasted was not the tequila that you remember that, that I did a shot from in high school and excuse me, not high school, college, and um, so that was you know really burny and and not a lot of flavor and. Not a lot of depth or dimensions to that tequila, but this was different. Well, there's a lot of different tequilas out there, and premium tequila has become quite a major you know, part of the culture. You see it out in the bars and the clubs quite often, and the, the bottles are very, very fancy and very nice. Um, you know, people that grew up when I did, there were very few tequilas available on the market, and even fewer that were 100% agave. Most are what we call mixed dose, which were 51% agave, and the rest. Usually a sugarcane distillate, and usually not a very good sugarcane distillate. So you got a lot and a lot of caramel color to give it that dark kind of whiskey color to it. 
Um, when you talk about a tequila like we're drinking right now, which is Cazador's Reposado, you know, it's rested in oak, so you're getting all the colors coming from wood. Mm-hmm. It's 100% Blue Weber Agave from the highlands of Jalisco, right outside of Guadalajara. It's a beautiful, fruity... I started to say, it's very fruity smelling. Well, you know, everyone's putting agave nectar in everything nowadays, um, so that flavor certainly shows up there for you. Sure. You are going to get those, you know, kind of... You know, ripe fruits, pineapples, bananas, those type of things people people tend to, to gravitate toward. Um, I really like tequila. It's it's for me. It's a it's a very easy drinking product. This one actually, long before I worked for Bacardi, I stumbled upon this uh, working in kitchens for years with you know quite a few Mexican folks, and they you know it was always. What do you drink? There were all these great, you know, fancy bottle premium tequilas out there, and they were like, never seen it, never seen it, never heard of it, don't know that. It's our interpretation. And we said, what do you, well, there's things that are definitely made for the American market and the American palate. So they, I said, what do you guys drink? And they pointed right to Cazadoras, and we started drinking it, and... And the rest is I history. fell in love. Yeah. Now, folks, I want to hear from you tonight. I want you to get on the phone, and I want you to call me, because this is the section where we're talking about putting these liquors into cocktails, making signature cocktails for your party. That's something great where you don't have to spend all the money to have, per se, an open bar. Um, if you make a signature cocktail for your party, Party and I've got a good one for you, but that phone number is 404-872-0750. That's 404-872-0750. Any questions you have about spirits, um, Scott can help you. Now, you made, it's really easy to make a, a signature cocktail, have it ready to go, and all you have to do is serve it instead of having somebody, generally the hostess, Back there making cocktails for everybody, and she misses the whole party. Well, I tend to make punches quite often when I'm entertaining. Um, but punch just has that negative connotation of, of you know, uh, sherbet floating in it and uh, pieces of, of plastic fruit. Well, for people like myself who are children of the 70s and the early 80s, that's exactly what they were getting when they had punch. Um when you go back and you look historically at, at punches, before there were cocktails, there were punches. Cocktails denote really the difference between a cocktail and a punch is the addition of ice and the vigorous shaking of the product, which adds air, which emulsifies the product to, together, your juices, your syrups, and your spirits all together. Making a drink like the daiquiri and like these classic drinks where you're, or you're stirring a drink to get all those things emulsified, like you're in your old fashions and your sazeracs and drinks like that. One of the things you learn back in the day before they really had a lot of access to ice, people made punches. When you walked into this tavern or the saloon, you basically drank punch. Really? Yes. Okay, tell us about what you made tonight because it has some very, in my opinion, unique ingredients in it, but it is absolutely delicious, and I would serve that at any party. Well, today I made a little punch uh, just sort of out with my wife last week, and uh, she loves that curry chicken salad sandwich with the Granny Smith apples and the raisins, and I thought about those flavors, and I thought about, like, well, how can you bring that into a punch? And curry, you know, 
even though we don't think about it that way, has a lot of those notes to it. It does have some cinnamon. It does have some coriander and black pepper and clove. And bringing those flavors together, I thought would be an interesting way to do it with the green apples. Uh, so we used a little bit of Bacardi Gold Rum in this punch. Uh, we used Saint Germain Elderflower Liqueur, which is a favorite of mine. Never heard of that. Uh, it's an elderflower liqueur. It's been around for about eight, nine years now. <coughs> Pardon me. It's made in France. Uh, it's made from fresh elderflowers, cane sugar, and an eau de vie, which is a grape-based spirit. Uh, it's got a lot of flavors of, I was like to say, lychee, pear, very floral uh, honeysuckle would be probably the closest thing that that grows around here. I do, you know, I it has a I do taste the pear note to it more than anything. I think sure, uh, but not overwhelming. Not overwhelming. Uh, it's quite low in sugar for a cordial. Uh, most cordials run about thirty percent sugar, where this is more about seventeen to eighteen percent sugar. Um, so what I did was I took the, all that together and I used a lot of the flavors that are in curry. Um, so I used fresh turmeric and ginger. And coriander, black pepper, fenugreek, toasted all these spices off, mixed them with sugar and lemon peels to create what's called an oleosaccharum. And if you look it up online, I'm sure you can find out a couple of great recipes to make for making an oleosaccharum. It's the base for almost every punch out there. A little bit of unfiltered apple juice and some sparkling Prosecco just to give it a little bit of lightness, a little bit of bubbles. Well, and it works. It is a delicious easy drinkable punch that would go with most food and one of the things that i think is really important when you're talking about making punches or making drinks at home is water is your friend not your enemy um in fact we put quite a bit of ice into this punch if you remember when we right. made it um and that you always want about 20 percent of your total volume you know because punches are not meant to be made one drink at a time and sometimes i've in fact, for the Taste of Atlanta Festival, I just made a punch that was for 5,000 people. Uh, so that's a lot of ice. That's a lot of ice and a lot of water. Um, when you talk about a lot of these other, pu- you know, the punch today, this is probably serve six people, you know, one drink or one or two drinks apiece. So, well, let's go to the phone lines, Scott, and speak with Eddie in Atlanta. He has a question. Eddie, you're on News Talk WSB. How are you? Hi, Eddie. I'm doing really well. How is everybody tonight? Good. I'm great. Happy Saturday night. Happy Saturday night to you guys. Hi, Eddie. So what's your <laughs> question? So, uh, you know, I, I go out to all these great cocktail bars in Atlanta, and I've been wanting to start making cocktails myself at home. What do you, are there any tips, any resources? You know, where, where should I start um, if I just want to start making great cocktails at home? Good question because he doesn't. You, I doubt you want to invest a thousand dollars in every different kind of liquor there is. You know, and I have my favorites. We were talking. I heard you talking about Bacardi tonight. Uh, it's one of my favorite rums. Um, but I'm just not sure. I mean, where should I get started? Are there resources um, or anything? What, what would you recommend? Well, there's a couple of things that that I really like. Uh, you know, first and foremost, the, the web is a great, great resource for everybody um i find that david wondrich's recipes on the uh esquire magazine website are quite good that's a great place to start um the book that really got me started inside of all of this was uh dale degroff's craft of the cocktail which is available at pretty much it's one of the few higher quality bar books available at most 
bookstores and certainly get it online. It's widely available. What's the name of it? Again? Craft of the Cocktail Craft by Dale Craft DeGroff. Craft of the Cocktail. Okay. Uh, so it's some place to start. It's a. I kind of actually when I first started moving away from your dive bar bartending and into the more craft, you know, elements of the industry. That was kind of the the book that got me started on it. I I actually worked my way through the book and I would buy products for my home bar based on what cocktails interest me and what I wanted to do. And I guess it's something you just collect over time. You're not going to go out the first time and buy all of these or you'll be robbing a bank. bank. You, you know, are there, are there one or two tools that I would have to have um, or, or one or two things that I would need? I, I see them sh- using a, the shaking in the, the tin thing. Um, sure. Um, well, one of the things that I always like for – I tell people for home bars – is to go out and what's called a, buy like a three piece cobbler shaker. They're a little bit easier to use than the the Boston shakers that you see in most bars. Uh, they have a strainer already built into them. Um, having a bar spoon is really great. Um, I think that's an important piece to have. Um, and you know, never forget the importance of glassware. I think that what you're serving a drink in is almost as important as the drink itself. Now, although we're drinking out of uh, plastic solo cups tonight, don't let that do that at, at your house. No, <laughs> you know, if you're having, you know, if you don't have enough people for the amount of glassware you have, of course, you know, plastic solo cups are good. But I always like a clear plastic cup where people can actually see what they're drinking if you're going to go in that direction. But having beautiful glassware and, you know, it's fun. What I do is I go to thrift stores and just the Salvation Army and places like that, and I look for old kind of antique looking glasses have a lot of mix and match stuff. You don't have to spend a million dollars on it to have really cool stuff. Right. Well, I really appreciate it, guys. It's great information. I'm definitely going to check out that book, um, uh, Craft of the Cocktail, um, and start with a cobbler shaker. Good luck, and let us know how it turns out for you, Eddie. Thanks for your call. Take a break, and we'll be right back with our final segment with Scott talking about spirits and liquors right after this. Oh, my, how time flies. We're talking spirits and liquors. Speaking with Scott Mayer, he is the Bacardi Portfolio Manager, and he gave me a great recipe. Scott, you want to tell the listeners, Bee's Knees. Sure. Uh, well, you had asked about gin cocktails, and we had said that some of the best cocktails were made with gin and some of the, like, the oldest, most iconic drinks. I mean, most people think about gin and tonic and, and the martini, but things that, that I, a drink that I love is the Bee's Knees cocktail. I love the name. And it's a great That's name. That's the it's, Bee's Knees. It's a fun name, and you know, it's one of those which came first, the chicken or the egg kind of a situation. The Bee's Knees is a real simple drink. Uh, I, one piece of uh, equipment that I didn't mention to Eddie when he was on the phone earlier was a jigger. OXO, they can they make what's called a, a, basically a, a bar measuring cup. They're between seven and ten dollars, you can get one at Target. They're one not size one ounce, other size two ounce ounces. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah, but this one has a lot of the different marks okay. inside of it, so you can actually go for anywhere from a quarter ounce to one and a half ounces, and kind of break it up as you, you know, as the lines inside of the jigger will show you. Okay. So you know, just being able to measure your drinks and being accurate with how much of everything you're putting in makes a real big difference. But the Bee's Knees is a real simple drink. It's a uh, honey water, so just equal parts honey and hot water. Mix them together to thin the honey out so it blends easier inside of the cocktail. So you're making kind of a simple syrup of honey. Absolutely. Okay. The next thing to do would be fresh lemon juice, about three-quarters of an ounce of that as well. 
Um, whenever I use uh, fresh juices, especially citrus, I like to strain that out. So that gives it a little bit better of a mouthfeel, and the glass looks a little prettier when you're finished not with it. Not as cloudy. Not quite as cloudy, not quite as you know gunky on the glass when you're finished either. Easier to clean up when you're done as well. And about an ounce and a half of gin. Hard shake ice. Um, one of the things when you're shaking a cocktail in, in a cobbler shaker or a Boston shaker is how hard you shake. Well, how much ice are you putting in? I fill the whole thing. Okay. How hard you shake is way more important than how long you shake. We, one of the things we like to say in the industry when we train people, one of my mentors always likes to use this, and Anthony always says, uh, shake it till the tin frosts. Shake it till it hurts to be in your hands. <laughs> you know. And you can see the frost starting to form on the outside of the shaker. Oh, absolutely. And, th- and at that point, you're, you know you're pre- you pretty much have it together and you're good to go. So you go ahead, you break the top off, and you strain it out into a martini glass. And it's a beautiful, easy, three-ingredient cocktail that everybody really likes. Folks, you can check out your Bacardi products at your local uh, beer and wine store. And we'll have Scott on soon. I'd love to come back. This was great. Thank you so much. And you make great cocktails, so you're welcome back anytime. Only on News Talk WSB. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.